Welcome back to Locked On Cast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, rated five stars on Apple Podcasts by Diabetes. He says, F is for Finnegan. It's also for five stars. Sexland forever, 100 emoji. Diabetes, really good pun, especially as a diabetic patient. Here's to you. Chris and I thank you. And we are joined once again by Justin Roan as we continue our conversation on the greater nuances of the current state of the Cavs. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me and Chris this week on Thursday evening to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that hard and pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. What is the what, what are you ultimately trying to accomplish? Aside, like big picture. Like, yes, every team wants to try and compete for a title. Yes, every team wants to try and like be something. But like I, I don't and I understand like people can look at Portland and like Neil O'Shea. Well, like the media, the, the Neil O'Shea thing is still just incredible shit. Um, but like to do what they did and like be in the thick of it for longer than even if you're not you pronounce his name. I thought Neil it was O'Shea. O'Shea. I thought it was O'Shea. So. I think it's O'Shea. I think it's O'Shea. Okay, well, two against one. <laughs> Proceed. Um <laughs> Um, I think I just think about that. And I think about like, if you could be something like that, where maybe you trying to crack through the ceiling and, and whatever, and it gets really hard. I just think like, that's not like, I don't think that's like such a terrible place to ultimately be sometimes. Like, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in like, Oh, you didn't win a title. Like it's a failure. Like, I, I think we have to have a more nuanced view than that. No, no it, yeah, it's and, not. It's and not that, that's and why that's that's what, well, right. And that's one morning if the Cavs are going to get to a place where like they can be something more akin to that. And if they're if that's sort of what they're they're going for here, like, I don't think we know. And they're never going to say, like, we're never trying to outwardly win a title. And I and I but I do think there is something to the idea of like, let's just like be competent and, and get to a place where we can be competent for a long time. And that's where I wonder medically, like, what are we? Tr- where are we trying to go with this? Is sort of if I'm the Cavs, that's what I'm asking myself. Like, to, to it, me, the, the like, goal because it's like, even though Kobe Allman is on track to be like the longest tenured Cavs GM, like I feel like he like the runway should even be a little longer, just because like frankly, like you gotta like let this stuff play out before you like change the decision makers and they come in and do something completely different and tear up the the, the foundation of the home you've been building for like four years. Totally agree. Like I, I, I really want Kobe to get another year. Like I want to see. I feel like this off season is the first opportunity for him to really like kind of start building out what this team is going to be and forming an identity because uh, it's been in ac- asset acquisition mode. Um, like I, I think that's what a lot of these past moves have been. But I, I think we saw with the Andre Drummond experiment. Like now we're starting to get to the point where you have to like take fit into consideration. You really have to start building around this core. And like, for me, the goal for the Cavs, what I want to see from the Cleveland Cavaliers moving forward over the next few years, entertaining and endearing, like give me a team that I care about. That is fun to watch. Like that is my bar. And that should be the bar for a young team. Like, I I think we rush to a lot of these second contract decisions um, and, and talk about that stuff because so much of the conversation has been rushed. And like, 
I, I think some of this is the KD legacy, like him going to the Warriors. Like I, I think so it just changed the calculus and the way that everyone looks at the NBA. Where to me, like I still just love basketball, man. Like I really love basketball. I love the Cavs. Like th- that that is the essence of what I do when when I'm talking about the team. I want it to be an entertaining team that I care about. And like to me, right now they have a core that uh, I really care about that can be entertaining at times. It's about them taking the next step. Um, so I guess, Evan, you, you can give your answer of what you want to see from the cast from a meta perspective. But after that, the thing I'd really love to do is kind of get your sense of the order of operations that you'd like to see with the cast this offseason. It's like I was saying, it's, it's a lot of what you're saying, too. And I think if they can build a natural foothold and kind of maybe climb up the totem pole. I mean, Cleveland's always going to be a Browns town at the end of the day. Like the, the Browns went 0 16 and they threw a parade for him for God's sake. But <laughs> the Cavs need to maintain relevancy in their own market. And slowly, like I said, you got to crawl before you walk, before you run. And I think a play in push or a playoff push, they were interesting for a bit. And you had a lot of guys who aren't the diehards in the weeds, but are big sports personalities paying attention to them then. But then when they kind of scaled things back, they, doom and gloomed about it again and said, Oh, same old calves. But I don't really think this is the same old calves at this point. I think I feel confident in saying that, um, my sabbatical away from everything and just kind of breaking stuff down and looking things over just to my own free time is just really put things in perspective for me. I'm like, the calves are in a good place. And like I said, building out of the shadow of LeBron James isn't easy. And I think the Cavs will forever be in his shadow, but they're in a good place. And also trading away arguably the best point guard in my lifetime. I know you can argue Mark Price is the best for the Cavs, but either way, um, like that's a tough task for Kobe and he's done a pretty good job with what he has. And I agree with you, Justin. I think this offseason is going to be the most paramount for his tenure with the Cavs because you're, he's really going to lay the foundations of what this team is going to look like for the coming years because – Yes, a lot of that money is go- the Cavs do have the play with will be committed to Jared Allen more than likely. And they maybe have a mid-level to play with and some other fringe moves they can make as well. But like you're largely going to see what Kobe Altman's vision is hopefully next season. And then you kind of build from there and say, okay, either this is a huge success or not a huge success because that's putting a little bit too unrealistic of expectations. But um, this is a success or okay we have to start over again and that's frustrating and disappointing to think about but i'll kind of approach that when i come to it because um like i'd rather live in the moment a little bit and look 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 ahead to the future as well but like and to chris's point too um he talks about this a lot i think being like the indiana paces where your team that is not not this current iteration of the pacers where things are just falling apart at the seams but a couple years prior to this where they were a consistently good enough team to make the playoffs you could say okay the pacers aren't going to be like a serious threat to make the eastern conference finals they aren't going to be a serious threat to win a championship but they're a consistent playoff team where they stay interesting and relevant and they are a winning team like i think that is a obtainable goal in the coming years for the Cavs. I think that's right. And the reason why they haven't been more is because they don't have ownership. That's willing to spend like that. That's the one feather in the Cavs hat that Dan Gilbert is willing to pay a lot of money. Even if this team is bad, like they're not going to kneecap themselves in the same way that the Patriots have historically. So to like, to me, that's, I I think you're on the money, like I get to that point. And then we can start making kind of those complicated decisions on how to get to that next level. And I, I think that there's an appetite to do that but you got to get there first and like to me i I find it really enjoyable the the process like this this is the really fun stuff to talk about and you look at the successful builds in the nba there's always an element of luck and like i'm 
I'm of the opinion that this team was better than their record last season. Um, I, I think the young guys got better throughout the season, and you had a if you had a full year of year-end Garland and, and Sexton, like you would have had a better record as well. Uh, Larry missing so much time was a big deal. The the fact that they were so young and they had so much roster turnover throughout the season, like all of that, kind of contributes to it. And maybe that's the equivalent of like the Steph Curry ankle injury that made the whole dynasty possible. Like you, all these rebuilds always have some element of luck and whether that be, Hey, they have better lottery odds than they would have had if they were fully healthy. And if they would have competed for the plan for a, a longer period of time, like that's a really great thing. And when I look at this off season, obviously everything starts with the lottery. Um, but from an order of operation standpoint, it's, do you get a top three pick? If yes, you take that guy, you keep that pick. If you don't, my next, the, the next thing that I would consider is trading up. If that's not an option, I would consider trading out. I, I would consider trading out, pairing that pick with a player uh, that's already on the Cavs roster or multiple players to acquire a second contract player. If you do land a top pick, I'm shopping the 2022 pick. Like I'm, I'm, you're not making a move just to make a move. I would never advocate for that, but I would really thoroughly explore those options to see what's available because I do think that uh, there's a lot of teams that are looking to shake things up right now. Like the, the last two years have been so weird, and this may be the perfect opportunity to strike uh, when teams are lower on the Cavs than we are. Like it's, I, I think leveraging those future picks may be a wise decision if you are really confident in your ability to be better next season. Hey everyone, Evan here. Chris and I gotta pay the bills, but we'll be back soon with our conversation with Justin. But first, a quick word from today's sponsor, Locker Room. This episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, Chris, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked on Cavs once a week, yes, and you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start to join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Be sure to join Chris and I this week. We'll be hosting a room this week on Thursday in the evening. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices and in beta if you're an Android user. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at amnotevan and chris at cwmwrites to be notified when our rooms go live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week on Thursday this evening, and I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Cavs. See you there, Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Today on the road to the NBA Finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we all can enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Before I kind of get my order of operations here, are you just really that out on, I guess, the top four players being Cunningham, Mobley, Suggs, Green, and then... I'm not sure how you feel about Kaminga, but are you just mm-hmm. kind of out on them as the guys outside of maybe that top four as prospects for the Cavs, and that's why you feel comfortable with trading out entirely? 
No, I, I, I'm actually really high on those guys, which is part of why I'm advocating for attempting to trade up because I think that there's going to be a possibility for that. Uh, like a trade up is a whole lot easier if people really like a Jonathan Kaminga or they really like, uh, let's say you're at four and you got Jalen Suggs and you're thinking, hey, maybe I can get up to two and get Mobley or I can I can trade up a spot and get green. Um, like I think the depth and the quality that you have in tier three makes a trade up possible. I mean, we saw a trade up in the Luca draft. We we saw a trade up in the 2019 draft. Like that becomes more possible if teams are enamored with the guys that are available back there versus last year where the Timberwolves were trying to get rid of the number one pick and nobody wanted it, right? Like I, I think there's a real possibility for that. And the Cavs, I just feel so confident in the young core that they have that I really do think getting that tier one guy, the, the, the guy with the franchise potential is so, so damn important. Of course, I'd love to add a, a player in the tier of like an Isaac Okoro or a Colin Sexton that can be a real quality starter and maybe with time and player development can develop into a star. But it's just so much easier when you have one of those top picks. So I, that's why I'd advocate for aggressively going after it because I just feel really confident in the core that they have. I got to mull this over a bit, Chris. Do you yeah. Have a, so here, a, a, a ranking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here, this is my. This is where I'm at. I think next year is going to be one of the more pivotal years in franchise history. Um. Agreed. Okay, we're in agreement on that. I think next year is going to like dictate how the next like five years goes in some ways, and I I think like if things go badly next year, like you could be looking at new front office executives. You could be looking at new coaches. You could be looking at a restart of a rebuild in some ways. Like, like I think there's a lot of outcomes that are possible there. And like, you, you could just be in a position where like, like you're slumming it for a little bit again. So, right. Like I, I think that's like very much a possibility if you're in this position where it's like next year, you finish 13th in the East again, you know, yes, you'll have some injury, bad luck or whatever. And maybe that's like that you can argue, like they will argue that's the root cause of it or whatever. But like, if you come to the end of the year and you're just like, this is going nowhere. I, I, I almost like would advocate for them. Like, okay, maybe we got to like, like build this out even further. And that's really painful. That's not fun for anyone. But like, I think next year is going to set the tone for like a lot of the come. Like if, if you're going to give us like a couple years of like a buildup, like, and you're saying, okay, we, we got Sexton, you know, I, I think the Windler pick is, is a clearly miss right now. The KBJ thing didn't work out obviously, but you came away with like you know, these four young, good players via moves and stuff. And like, maybe like there's some other mistakes along the way, like the Kevin Love contract, I think was a mistake. I think, um, there's some other stuff that hasn't like the jetty contract has looked bad all of last year, whatever. I think if you get out of next year and you feel like you're, you're going somewhere. I think you can feel like there's something building and and not just like a, uh, we're stuck in purgatory thing with the caps. Like, and it will be hard. There's some teams that I think also should expect to improve next year. Um, I think we'll have, you know, more name players and sort of be expected to improve. And then maybe that takes some of the the, the national burden, so to speak, off of the Cavs. Um, but internally, I, I think you look at next year as like, okay, like we, we have to level up in some way next year and like be progressing towards something because we don't want to be stuck in this thing. And I and I think you're going to find out a lot about like all of your young guys. Like we're going to find out if Collins, if there's another level for Collins Sexton to go. I think we need to see where he's going to get in that regard. I think we need to see if if what we saw from this year with Darius is, is real. We need to see where Isaac is going to be like and just Jared Allen at stuff like all the stuff we've covered. I think we need to find out next year how real it is. And then because like you're starting to pay real money for this stuff. You're starting to like build out like maybe building for more fifth and just talent. 
I think you need to supplement it correctly. I, th- I think that's like the first step here is like, I, I think you're, I think that the, th- I think Doug McDermott is like actually like the perfect free agent for the Cavs, like a young vet, like provide spacing. You're making me smile. You, you moved <laughs> off of Duncan. I love that. I, well, I, this is also like the affordable version of it, frankly. Exactly. No, that, like you're that's, not going to pay like, point. like you're not going to pay like $20 million for Duncan Robinson um, for him to become the next Davis Bertans. Right, right, right. Like that's yeah. like the nightmare scenario. Like if you could get, if you could come away with like, I think my dream, I think my dream off season, if you're not in a non Cade world is like Jalen green and Doug McDermott. Really? I, I can't tell you how high I am on Jalen green. Like I, I think, I, I think, I think J- Jalen Green I, is the kind of scorer that like they need. Like Colin Sexton can get buckets. Darius Garland has a lot of good moves. There is a type of scorer that is a big wing that you just need. And he's Jaylen, a much much better version of Kevin Porter Jr. Like yeah. that's really yeah. what he is. And we and, already and, saw and, the chemistry look, between like KPJ and Garland. Like Jalen Green is a better off ball player. He's more explosive. He's a better shooter. He, he's more fundamentally sound. He doesn't have the hitch in the jump shot. He doesn't have the off court questions. Like I think. Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham go first overall in a lot of drafts. Uh, Jalen Suggs, I really like. I think he can be like a Drew Holiday like presence. Uh, for if you're a team. if you if you decide to like trade one of your guards, like then Suggs becomes a more me. But if you're saying we're going as is, Green is a guy you can slowly bring off the bench. Yeah, yeah. And, then if, it's, and, if, it's, and, if, and if at the All Star break in a year, you need to trade one of the guards and go get a and maybe Love has moved at some point or whatever. Like I, I think like Green would be. Green You're still at a best player available yeah. spot. And, yeah. and like I, I think there well, is a like, role a team for every to, player in this draft. Like, right. And if a team wants to like overpay, like if a team like loves Suggs and they're at like seven, and oh. like like Jalen Suggs is such a Minnesota esque move for me. I can well, from Minnesota. Very yeah, good. that too. But like but there's like if there's a team that like wants that kind of guard in that seven to ten range, well the Wolves would not have their pick in that case, by the way. But if you want to just move back and like pick up future assets and then like still get a nice player. That's where I'm actually, because like you, you, you may need at some point, like that extra future pick to grease the wheels and you could still get a Jalen Johnson, a Scotty Barnes, like someone really, I'd rather trade up. I'd rather trade up, but I'm saying if you're at four, like let's say you end up at, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather trade up from, but if you can't get up to the, if you can't get up into the top three to get green or whomever, and you, I'm like, shopping it for a Brandon Ingram or another I just second. Con- I just, I just don't know. Second contract. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know if you're getting that kind. I just wonder if it's not Ingram who that guy is. Like, are you getting OG? Hey everyone, Evan here. Got more bills to pay, and I want to give you a quick word from today's sponsor, Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? I did, and if you don't know about the Bill Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and there's something for everybody. They even have this awesome grasshopper flavor that I adore. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best thing, but they're healthy too. So most of their flavors have only 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. But they also have flavors that have 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. They're all tasty, all healthy, and just they are quite literally the best tasting protein bar ever. So if you're interested, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Did you know that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action? Yeah, it really is. 
Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including from the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So if you're interested, head to their website on your mobile device or computer and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I, ooh, uh, I, like, I, I mean, I'm just throwing out names. Like I'm saying, like, I don't know if that guy exists. Like, yeah, sort of uh, thing. That player might not exist. Like that, that's perfectly fine. In that situation, I'd probably still take Jalen Suggs. Like I, I, I really think you, you got to go upside here. I, because, I just, yep. I just wonder if they try to ex- like not, cause they're never going to match the pick accumulation that, uh, New Orleans and Oklahoma City have done like it's just impossible to catch up in that arms race. But I wonder if there's some move to like re- to give themselves a little extra ammo to decrease the wheels on something down the line if they need it. Like that is the one place where you could sort of reasonably do it. Yeah, like it, the interesting thing about a sug. So if Sexton and Garland are playing 32 minutes a night, that opens up 16 minutes at both backup spots for both guards. So I, I think there's enough minutes to give everybody time. At that point, you're probably not using the mid-level exception on a backup point guard because your guard rotation is spoken for at that point. Um, so maybe you can go an interesting angle and add, add a wing there. I, I I don't really know what the, the best course of action would be. I It is just because of the, the fit concerns. Like I, I think you, you shop all available options at that point before you make the pick. Like, I think these are conversations that happen prior to the draft itself um, to, to see what is available. But like, I, I, this is why I am high on the cast because no matter what direction they go and no matter what the, the best option is, like whether it's staying put, whether it's trading up, whether it's trading back, whether it's trading out, like I just think there's good options available. Like even if you're stuck with pick six or seven, like there's really good guys like Scotty Barnes would make a ton of sense. No matter like you can take best player available and there are minutes available. Like Scotty Barnes may come off the bench and maybe Scotty Barnes gives you the opportunity to say, hey, Colin Sexton showed improved playmaking and now we're pairing him with Scotty Barnes in the second unit when he is playing those second unit minutes and maybe that's enough playmaking for us to get by uh, w- without spending a lot of assets on, on a backup point guard like that that is an interesting possibility uh, Jonathan Kaminga makes a ton of sense like yeah he looks raw but he was also looking raw against grown ass men versus looking raw in college like Anthony Edwards did like Anthony Edwards did not do anything well in college but you saw the potential you saw the upside and then you saw that potential realized in the NBA I think Jonathan Kaminga is a better prospect than Anthony Edwards like uh that's not a bad option. Like I, I think that there's a really a lot of good options available to them. And that's why I'm so high. Like, even though it's murky and I, I can't see through the water and I can't see how it's going to get there next year. I'm just a big enough believer in the core that they have. I'm a believer in this draft class and I'm a believer in Kobe Altman's ability to work with other general managers and find creative ways to add talent because that's really what he's done the last few years. He's gotten into a whole bunch of trades where Cavs didn't need to be involved in that Jared Allen deal. They didn't they, they didn't need to be involved in the Drew Holiday trade, getting that pick I, I, unprotected. I, I, 
I think it's I still chuckle you call it the Jared Allen deal, even though it's the James Harden trade. <laughs> I love eh. it. Hey, speaking of which, Brooklyn would look really good with Karis Levert and Jared Allen right now. Yeah, but like I mean, uh, you go get the three stars if you can get the three stars. It's sort of the thing. If Dinwiddie wasn't hurt, I think I would have held off on it. That's my scorching hot take. There. Uh, that's fair. We'll see what kind of Durant we get against Milwaukee without Irving and Harden. But I'm still of the mentality that if either of those two come back, it's about race for Brooklyn to win the championship. Like I don't, I don't see um, Philly holding a candle to any of them. But sorry to interrupt you. I. <laughs> uh- I was so wrong about Milwaukee, man. Like, I really thought they were going to crush them. And maybe that's just coaching. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe Dante is more important than I realized. Uh, maybe I am just spiraling looking for excuses. It's all it's all possible. Um, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. I don't think I'm wrong about next year's Cavs. I, I really do think that next year is going to be the year that they uh, they make a considerable leap. Um, we'll, we'll just need to see it. Like so much of this really does, uh, ride on how high I am on Darius Garland. And like, if you're still in way and see mode, like I, I completely understand that. Uh, I understand that being kind of the Cleveland mentality of you got to prove it. You got to earn it before uh, we'll give it to you. Uh, but just objectively, I, I felt like it's there for him. And I, I think another off season of him being healthy, uh, getting to work on his body, work on his game. I, I really think the sky's the limit. I, I think he's the highest upside player that they have. I'm I'm all in on Garland. Personally. I, I, I'm all in on Garland too, but I am t- still taking a little bit of a wait and see approach too because I've been burned before, and maybe it's my trust issues flaring up. That is, uh, Chris is one who's never really dated, so he's he's been he's been you know tied down for pretty much his entire life with his his wife of. How many years now, Chris? Two on the on draft lottery night, folks. I'll be coming from draft very... lottery night. I thought it was draft night was your anniversary. No, 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 no. You've not been reading us talking about this at all, have you? Draft I... night's close to my anniversary. Maybe that's right. <laughs> Evan, here's my advice: get married in the winter. <laughs> but everyone, I don't know. I want a fall wedding if I had the choice. But happy Ooh. life, happy life. But Look, man, that's actually also good because you can miss a, a meaningless preseason game instead of being like, you know, like I, I, I actually warned her ahead of time. I was like, just so you know, the draft lottery is the same night. I'm gonna have to work when we get home. She's like, I don't care, whatever. The late July seemed like a really safe decision, and then the panini hit. Mm. Um, but to answer Justin's nuance, like just order of operations for this Cavs team. Um, I, I agree with what both of with what both of you are saying. Um, uh, yeah, largely a lot of this does hinge on what happens next week with the draft lottery, but let's say Cleveland lands in that sweet spot between four and five. Like, I think that's a good spot. I agree with Justin's mentality where if there's an avenue for them to trade up and possibly get, I think Cade Cunningham's out of the question. So let's just cross one off the list, but let's say a team is willing to move Evan Mobley or Jalen green, because I think Jalen green is higher on that regard. Um, I think the Cavs could explore that Avenue. I think that's fun and exciting. I think they have the pieces to do it. And I know like it might be a tough sell for fans. If you have to like attach Larry Nance jr. Or somebody else, like a player that has a little bit of meaning to this Cavs team or a lot of bit of meaning, depending on how you feel about Larry Nance. Um, yeah, you go for it because these are some bona fide stars at the top of this draft. And like Jalen Green, like Justin said, has a lot of those intangibles that Kevin Porter Jr. has with a lot of the 
none of the extracurriculars that KPJ also brought with him. And granted, I don't want to like poo poo on the issues Kevin Porter Jr. is dealing with. Like that's his own battle, but um, Jalen green is a really exciting player and I'm intrigued by him. And I hope he doesn't end up somewhere like Orlando, where I feel like unless Orlando really changes the situation there after letting go of Steve Clifford, but I just think Orlando is kind of like a death trap for young players right now, but either way, um, or the Cavs can stay. They're also not in a bad spot if they stay in that four or five spot and they could take a player, whether it's Suggs or Kaminga, uh, not Davian Mitchell. Though, well, well, they're getting Kate. So like we're, we're really yeah. in hypothetical space right now. Um, they have been ready for three years and they've been denied for three years. It is oh, yeah. time for Chris them to jump are, up in the lottery. Chris and I are very much the mentality that there is no team more deserving of Cade Cunningham or a team that could use Cade Cunningham better. I mean, contrary to what Wasserman, the police report says. Sir but, Cece. Um, there you go. Beautiful. Perfect. Perfect. Put put it on another t-shirt, Justin. There you go. You'll you, you <laughs> be making bank soon. But um. <laughs> A lot of it does depend on that, but I think it's your approach in the draft. And if you stay at four or five, that's fine. But I think I'd agree with Justin. If there's an avenue to trade out of that spot and you find a team who's maybe enamored with Jalen Suggs, if you're at four or a team, like let's say getting a proven player would make such a big difference because I would like when we're talking about avenues to become consistently good. Like if you really like these four guys and you can add that, second contract guy like or uh, a player that fits the timeline someone like a Larry Nance that's a, a young veteran that makes sense with them like that would make such a big difference it, it increases your margin for error and gives them the opportunity to make a legitimate playoff push which I think these guys have done enough like I, I think the young core have done enough to earn the opportunity to make a legitimate playoff push it's just whether or not this front office mm-hmm. is going to supplement the, the talent that they have and, and, and put I, them and in I, a position well, to go for. I, I think ownership patience is just the other part of it. Though. It's just like this unknown variable the last like oh, three yeah. years. Honestly, it's just, like it's young player patience too. Like everything is sped up and we have to recognize that. Like I, I understand that that is the concern with Dan Gilbert in the past, like that, oh, there's going to be these rush moves, but that's becoming more and more of the NBA. Like as new uh, owners, like Steve Ballmer, like all these new guys that are buying teams now, it's rushed. You know, Trey Young rushed the decision. Like Darius Garland, Sexton, Okoro, and Allen, they're all really competitive players. Like, I, I think you have to show that you're making an honest effort. Like, I wouldn't advocate trading for like a Chris Paul type player. Like, I, I think that's the wrong type of move. But being aggressive, getting guys that can work and grow alongside them. Absolutely. Like, well, I'd be really, really aggressive to do that because I don't want to risk losing the locker room that you have. I will be. I will say, if it's Chris Paul, I'm trading for Chris fucking Paul. And I'm not thinking. Like, I just think like that's like a let, let uh, Garland cook, baby. Well, I think if you could get Chris Paul, who's going to do like OKC stuff, that's like one thing. But if it's like, I just think like Chris Paul is just like its own name in this because he's an all time great. Like, and I don't yeah. know if you're like that kind of player becoming available is just sort of like I think its own different class. And like he's he's like an all time great and somehow like underrated. I think. That's like my. That's where I'm at. I think Chris Paul's just like. Well, after he has his Dirk run and gets his title, that uh, won't be the case. I think some people are still going to be clones, but um, I just I I just think Paul could sign for the vet men at the Lakers next year. That could be another crazy. He's going to get 100 mil from Robert Sarver. That's where this is. (laughs) You know how funny it would be though if Robert Sarver is the reason that Steve Nash still doesn't win a championship. Like that hurts on a deep level for Justin because. Steve Nash's, you know, all things Canada, but mm-hmm. wouldn't that just be poetic in some way? It would be. 
It would be. Um, I'm perfectly fine with Brooklyn losing. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, like I, I'd love to see them lose in this round, and then all of a sudden, like once again, the analysis actually has to be about basketball. Like it's screw the legacy talks, screw all those easy narratives that people opt to. Like it's basketball, and it's a new team winning. Like that that's mm-hmm. really really my hope at this point. Justin, any final thoughts as we wrap this up? Final thoughts, eh? Um, I think we were pretty comprehensive here um, in our rants and rambles. Um, and we didn't, I just want to say, I'm glad we didn't do the Kevin Love thing again, because I'm kind of over that conversation. Oh, me too. What is there to say that hasn't been it, said? It, that's, like, it's, it's either he gets bought out or traded, or he shows up next year and it can't be an asshole. That's basically the whole conversation. Or you set the nuclear clock back and you wait, watch it slowly tick towards midnight again as he becomes an asshole and agitated with the situation somehow, some way. I I know Spencer floated the idea of him playing a reduced role, not benching him outright, but more or less playing him at reduced minutes. Like, I don't think that would go over well with Kevin Love either. I'm still somewhat sympathetic to him this season because I I think this was the first year that they were competitive. And like, if he was as healthy as he was the previous year, I, I think you would have got buy-in and there was frustration that went beyond that. Um, I know we're on the same page of not being fans of the interview he did with Chris Haynes. And it's very unfortunate that that was recorded before the Toronto incident and then dropped right after it. But you know what? Like, if you don't say that kind of stuff, like that's not available to drop at whatever point it drops. Right. Like, so that was unfortunate, but I'm, I'm glad that we, we didn't do that talk because like, as much as like the hypotheticals are interesting and it's fun. Like I really like focusing on, what they have and how they can improve internally because the, the what if game can, it can dehumanize the players to some extent. And that's something that I I'm making more of a conscious effort to at least acknowledge or uh, to avoid if possible. I just think this offseason is going to be really interesting. I just want to. I just want to get be nuts. I think it's going to be nuts. I just want to get the whole thing going. Like the playoffs have been really fun. I'm eagerly rooting for the Phoenix suns to win it. Um, that would make me extremely happy. Um, I just want to get the NBA offseason rolling. I, I just, I, I want to just see how this plays out. And I, I, uh, the draft lottery is going to be a very, very, very tone setting night. I think it is the most important lotto in a very long time for the Cavs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cade would Cade Cade changes. I think are the whole tone of our conversation. I want to change everything. Like I, I I'm going if the Cavs land Cade, I'm going from optimist to out of my mind. Like, and be warned, people, when Cade becomes a Cleveland Cavalier, I'm going to be so unbearable. It's going to be awful. You're going to hate it, but you know what? I'm going to teach you how to love it. I'm going to, it's the Ric Flair thing, man. There's no going back at that point. The next decade is going to be a lot of fun. So when the Cavs land Cade next week, look out, folks. Evan, any final thoughts? Uh, no, not really. Um, I think Loki is going to be intri- intriguing in terms of the MCU show lineup. But... Ooh, banger first episode, man. Yeah, uh, I, I, it pulled some punch. It, it had some punches I didn't expect. I'll say that. I was like, huh, they're really going to lo- let him walk through and see himself die. And uh, Owen Wilson's uh, actually a lot of fun in this. I thought he was going to be really goofy the whole time. Look, man, he I, is. Goofy, I still. But... 
I'm still going through an existential crisis after uh, watching Inside maybe seven or eight times. Uh, shout out <laughs> Bo Burnham. Uh, so Loki oh, going. It's so good. I, I have I had all eyes on me on my run mix today. I was just like, yeah, I get it. And when, <laughs> I, was, I recommended it to a friend and I just said, listen, he opens up on why he quit comedy. And he's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's towards the end, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bo's a genius. It's a lot of fun, but uh, Loki also going the uh, existential route was uh, an interesting development. I will be watching. I've not watched like the. I've been watching uh, hap- the show called Happy Endings, which has just been palate cleansing my brain. Well, that show you know, should have got more of a run. That is that was a delightful little show. Uh, Elisha Cuthbert is just so d- just incredible. That show, Adam Polly is also just like a, a gem. Um, you could say it didn't have a happy ending though. Just Justin, did you watch the Zoom? Uh, did you watch the Zoom reunion thing they did about a pandemic episode they did on Zoom? For what? For happy endings. Happy endings? No, I didn't. I'll send it to because it's it's quite good. And Adam Polly is like faking being on like mushrooms the whole time. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful stuff. But that that's this is a sign that we need to wrap. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because I just can't wait for the draft lottery. I'm ready. Yeah. I just injected into my arms. I'm I'm gonna be very full and have had like a couple beverages and like the most expensive steak I've ever eaten in my life. And I'm gonna come home and watch. How do you get your steak, talk about Chris? it? Medium rare. Good answer. I'm not <laughs> a psychopath. Just wanted to make, I don't know. You have some questionable takes on some things. So. Evan, I told you to watch Hubie Halloween in the peak of the pandemic. Okay. That's, that's my excuse. It's, it, we live that's, in a society, my man. Can you excuse that? Yeah, I do. Adam Sandler, Sandman, pick up basketball legend, Adam Sandler, uh, <laughs> future Cleveland Cavaliers general manager, uh, Adam Sandler. Um, Speaking of pickup basketball, you know that scene in Catwoman. Um, okay, I'm done. This, is, this has been locked on so. Cavs. I'm not discussing the basketball scene in Catwoman. Follow Justin on Twitter at Cavzanda. The Justin is. Oh no, I was talking about the Catwoman Batman news today. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> kids, not safe for work. Go look that up if you mm-hmm. if you're unaware. Ed, if you're listening, I know Ed is, has a lot of thoughts on this. But everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out the chase down, and we'll be back soon with more stuff here on Lockdown Cavs. Hey, stop.